Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hello, welcome to another episode of Equipped to Be with Connie Albers. I am really excited to be with you on this Wednesday. You know, many of you have asked me about my book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, Raising Teens with Confidence and Joy. And you've asked, Connie, why aren't you talking about your book and and helping with parenting? And I I just have to tell you, uh, well, I started the podcast a week and a half prior to this little thing that happened in our country that changed the trajectory of of everything. Uh, And so for me, I had to, uh, I pivoted a little to help meet the needs of our changing culture and times and making sense. As you heard in one of my episodes when I said there's hope in crisis, we've really watched our community go through a state of confusion and fear and panic and hysteria and toilet paper hoarding. I don't think, I mean, that's going to be what defines, I think, uh, some of our reaction, not everything, but some of our reaction to what has happened. But it did get me thinking, over the next few months, I am going to deep dive into Parenting Beyond the Rules. And some of you have said, so why is your podcast Parenting Beyond the Rules? Well, because the podcast Equipped to Be is specifically dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique gifts, strengths, and talents, and how that relates and how do you apply that to all areas of your life, in parenting, in your marriage, in your work, with your friends, in all areas, when you understand yourself well and you understand others it, it greatly helps the bond of friendship and understanding. You're able to see through their lens as opposed to just your own and how you think or feel or react to surroundings, uh, your surroundings. But today's episode, I'm going to be specifically talking about the strong-willed child. Now, I have never liked that term. As you all know, I am a mother of five adult children and back when I was homeschooling my kids, that was a hot button issue. Oh, strong-willed child, you, you have to, you have to kind of like break that will in them. And I always wrestled with that. Why? Why do you have to break the will of a strong-willed child? A, a strong-willed child is a leader in the making. They're someone that has the confidence to take risks, to try new things. And frankly, we need those children to grow up and be step into society and fulfill the leadership role that God has going to uniquely equip them for. And as a mom and a dad, you have the opportunity to help shape, form, mold, and fashion that quote, strong-willed child, which I say is a leader in the making into the person God wants them to be. So I'm going to talk to you about some specific points. So today, on this specific episode, make sure you have your pen and paper or your phone set to the notes tab, because I want to go through this, and I really want you to take notes. Remember what I said, strong-willed children 
are not somebody that we're supposed to break down. There's somebody that we're to help guide and shape how they are supposed to use that inner strength that they have, that strength of tenacity, of perseverance, of diligence, of stick-to-itiveness. Those are all characteristics that a leader has to have. If you break that down within them, you're breaking down the core of who they are. That doesn't mean that we're going to let our children run all over us and say things that they shouldn't be saying and or do things they shouldn't be doing. But this is what I have learned after 34 years of parenting and, well, 30 years of working with children and parents and in ministry. Strong-willed children do not expect to get away with bad behavior. So if you have a child in your house that'll go head to head with you, they're, they're, they don't expect to get away with bad behavior. They're hoping to sometimes. They're not trying to necessarily run you over, but they will. Not because they don't respect you or don't love you, but they want to know, hey, are, can I, you know, are you just a pushover or will you stand up and kind of help me navigate this? And you know what? Strong-willed children... Uh, They know the world doesn't revolve around them, but it's worth a try to see if it does. I never thought of myself as strong-willed, but my family has told me that I was strong. And I have been told that I get very focused and I'll just, I'll just chase it. I'll chase something. I'll, I'll go for it. The difference between me now and even as I was growing up is I never ran over people, but a lot of that has to do with just my personality. I personally believe you can achieve great things and you can bring others with you. You don't have to squash them or run them over. But that's something that a person who has a high achiever or depending on their personality style, they learn. They learn those soft skills you, you don't have to teach them to be perseverant, to be persistent. You don't have to teach them to be determined. They just are. I mean, that is just who they are at their core. And you know, the truth is, they won't respect you if you let them run all over you. And I know we're into this, our children are our friends. And you've heard me say it, focus on the relationship, focus on the relationship. And I absolutely Say, focus on the relationship. See, I'm not in the trenches anymore. And I hear, I hear mamas talk about, well, this is what I'm doing and that's how I'm doing. And, I'm, and I think that's wonderful and great. But don't, par- don't parrot what somebody else is doing that's right in the same season as you because you don't know the end of the story. And perhaps what is working for them won't work for you. And I'm going to venture to guess 90% of the time is not going to work for you and your family because that's not your child. Their child's not your child. Their spouse, if you're married, is not their spouse. The in-laws aren't your in-laws. All the dynamics of how they think, their mindset, their personality, it's not like yours. So I'm going to be coming to you from a place of walking through it, which you guys know me, um, and listening to literally thousands of young people And even my own children, yes, I have some children out of the five, I have a couple of children who I actually thought would probably be the death of me. (laughs) 
Why? Well, because man, they were hard. They were they were persistent. They wanted their way, and they wanted to see how far they could take it to get their way. But see, now mine are all adults, and all those kids that I have listened to and talked with and prayed with, those thousands of kids, guess what? They're all grown up too. And now they tell a different story. So let's talk about what you can actually do. See, this is what a strong-willed person, like I guess such as myself, really believe. Um, And so I'm going to be sharing with you some of the thoughts that uh, somebody who does have that natural inclination to be a leader, to do things, get things done, make things happen. They don't sit around and wait. They're just, they're activators, they're achievers. It doesn't mean other people aren't. It just means they may go about it in a different way. The number one thing I want you to remember when we talk about who a strong-willed person is, is they don't have trouble with authority. They won't respect you, your parent, you're the parent, if you draw a line in the sand and then you move it. Now, how I know some of you are thinking, uh, wait a minute, your book is about parenting beyond the rules. You're constantly moving. No, no, no. You haven't read the book if that's, if that's what you're thinking. So stay with me. So if the government has laws and didn't enforce it, what, what would we do? Well, we've kind of seen that happen a little bit lately during this thing that has been happening. See, I don't have a problem with being told what to do. It's if you put your bony finger in my face and then you say to me, you are going to do this, this way or else. Now, a child who has leadership qualities, who's not afraid to take a risk, maybe they're not even afraid of the consequences too much. If you stick that bony finger and you say, do this or else, they're going to see, well, what is that or else? (laughs) How bad can it really be? They also may be thinking, well, you and what army? You, you guys know this. You've heard the saying. You, can, you, you tell your child to sit down and they, you know, you're five times bigger than them when they're a little two or three-year-old. And you tell them to sit down and, and they're like, make me. Well, you can't physically make them sit down, right? And sometimes you've heard the phrase, from these children saying, well, you can make me sit down on the outside, but that doesn't mean I'm sitting down on the inside. Well, guess what? We view that as rebellion, right? We view that as rebellion because that's what we've been taught. But let's take, can we we just like unpack that for a minute? When you give a strong-willed child, a leader who is God-given leadership characteristics, and they really, they're challenging you. Can I just maybe get you to uh, consider this? Maybe they're not trying to be rebellious. Maybe they are. And that'll be determined over time. But don't take every time they do something that is not in total compliance to what you're saying as a full-on affront to your authority. Remember, they don't have trouble with authority. It's It's when you do the do this or else. Now, 
Is there a place and time? Yes, get out of the street right now or else you're going to get hit by a car. Or don't turn down this street or else you might find yourself in a neighborhood that could get you into some trouble. Or I'm just kind of thinking of different scenarios that might apply to. I don't want to get too far off track, but I think you get the point. See, they know that you are the big boss, right? You can, you can shove the peas in their mouth, but you can't make them digest them. You've seen those babies. They'll, you'll put the food in and they just have this uncanny way of shoving it back out, whether it's mushed or otherwise. It's me and me alone that says, sit down or get back up. See, that's, that's the mindset of a strong-willed person. This is an amazing discovery that I started to realize that as a toddler, that mindset of they can't make me because I'm not willing to be controlled. Think about that for a minute. It's your voice that has the power to get your child, maybe that strong child, to do what you want. It's your voice. Now, if you've read my book, I talk about monitoring your mouth. Letting the words that come out of your mouth fall into a tender place of their heart. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to know that child. You have to know what those words will do as they enter the ears of that specific child. And I'm going to tell you a true story. I, I, one of my kids have actually said to me, I talk about using words all the time and in the heat of the moment uh, because my, you know, your kids know how to push your buttons. One of my kids actually said to me, uh, you talk about the power of words all the time. Sometimes you don't use your words very well. Ooh-ooh. All right, I shut up because I was devastated. Why? Well, because I really do want to use my words wisely. I really do want my words to land in a tender place of my kid's heart. I always have. My children are, are all adults now. I still want the words that I say to fall into a tender place of their heart. I still want my voice to peak their ears and cause them to want to hear what I might have to share to them. Does that make sense? So how do you make your voice calm? Well, stay calm and stay under control. You. Don't react. Don't yell. Don't don't belittle. Don't shame. Don't guilt. Just stay calm. What do you do if you make them angry? Well, you need to realize that you don't need to, that you don't need to control them. That as a strong-willed person, they don't need to be controlled. And not all like strong or strong-willed people are control freaks. We can't let you, these children can't let someone else take control from us. Now, from a spiritual perspective, and I know many of you are thinking about this because I'm glad you're fleshing this out, and I'll probably get lots of emails. You can email me at Connie at ConnieAlberts.com. I'll get lots of comments on this. Because the hard part of a strong individual, a strong-willed person, their, their greatest weakness is losing control because their security is in their ability to control the outcome. 
as a child, you see it manifested in different stages and different uh, maturity levels of your children. As adult, you see it manifested in other ways. So your conversation has to change to fit their maturity level. It has to change. I still don't like somebody saying, do this or else. There's still that, oh, there's just that little part of me that goes, okay, well, what is the or else? Is it worth it? Now, remember, I've got a lot of years of, of surrendering to the Lord. I have a lot of years of saying, you know what, God, I don't have to be in control. I, I'm just going to trust you to lead and guide. And when I am under authority, I'm going to trust you to lead or guide or to orchestrate the situation. Guess what? That's what we teach our children too. You know, a lot of times a strong-willed child wants to know, you know, what's going to happen when you say you're going to sit down and you're going to sit still and they think, whoa, I don't think so. I would have, I would have until, um, I would have to wait until you tell me why. So do your children. Just be careful when you give them no choice. Because they're really saying, I just want a choice. I just, I want some options. Now, many years ago, uh, there were some leading parenting gurus that would tell you, you don't give them a choice. You tell them, this is the clothes they're going to wear and the shoes they're going to wear. Uh, this, is the, this is the way we're going to do your hair today. Uh, it's going to be in a ponytail or pigtails if you're a girl. Uh, we're, this is what we're going to do. And then if they didn't, they would get in trouble, immediate trouble. Well, you know what happens because I've already told you. Strong children, strong-minded children, they'll test that. And then before you even get out of the bedroom, you've already gotten mad, mad at your child. Maybe you've said something you really wish you wouldn't have said, and you're in a battle. And it's, it's like 7.30 in the morning. And... The gurus used to say, and of course, as all people usually do, we go to extremes. Okay, well, this didn't work because now we're just fighting and our kids hate us and we don't like our kids either. To the other extreme, oh, everything's a choice. I had to wrestle through that, especially in the teen years. What aren't choices? Uh, They're just givens. And what are choices? Well, That is going to be an individual family decision. There were certain things we didn't want our children being involved with or listening to. You know, the verse, it says that a child left into himself brings forth destruction. So that is true. You can't have a hands-off approach and parent well. It's a delicate balance of knowing when to interject and say, no, I'm really sorry you don't like this, but this is how we're going to do it because you are the parent. But remember, let's go back to that comment I made. They'll listen to your voice. They'll listen to the words. Does it take a little more effort? Yes, it does. It takes, it takes more effort. But I'm going to tell you, that's why parenting beyond the rules is so important. Because as your child starts to grow and mature, just in their development and their logical thinking, 
and more importantly, in their spiritual walk with the Lord. You'll find they will listen to your voice because they have two elements that are key. Children want to be heard and they want to be affirmed. Now, there's a lot of books that have the four keys and the five keys and the this and all these wonderful numbers. But there's, there's, it really boils down to two needs besides food and water that we have. All of us have to be heard and affirmed. I hear what you're saying, and I know that is what you believe. Now, let's add to that. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the yes and. I hear what you're saying. This is what you said, and I'm affirming you that this is really important to you. How about, and then you add and yes, or yes and. Those are great ideas, yes. And then we could do this. Or, you know, I heard what you said, and and I get why, but we need to think about this a little longer, and I need to chew on it. So let's pick this conversation back up at another point. I'm not saying like absolutely emphatically, no, never. I'm just saying maybe not now, or let's readdress this, or that's a great idea. And let's also do this. I want to wear the pink shirt and not the blue shirt. Okay, fine. Yes, that's great. And how about if we put a jacket on with that, or let's put a sweater on over that because it might get a little chilly out today. There's this application applies to everything that they do in life, and they will continue to do. It is as they grow and mature that the strong-minded, strong-willed, I don't like that term. I think I'm just going to say strong-minded, okay? That the strong-minded little person starts to learn how to navigate and control their reactions or, let's say, uh, push back against you. See, because it can be especially difficult when a child has lost a loved one or a divorce has happened or other trauma that the child has absolutely no control over. They, they can't control anything that's happening. And for me, when my parents divorced, it just made me feel like I had no control over my situation. And that put me in a very precarious position. Because children are vulnerable to the words that are spoken to them. And for me, and for many that I've talked to, that loss of utter helplessness can lead to wrong beliefs or developing wrong thinking or actually becoming more of a controlling, controller type person because they're never going to let that happen to them again. And there are other ways to handle that situation. So just remember, strong-minded, they don't have trouble with authority, and they want to have a choice. They don't want to be controlled, but they can be persuaded. And three, the quality of your relationship greatly determines your effectiveness and how you parent and the strategies that you use. Go for the relationship that you want with that child. The things that we do or we work on are short-term. It's not going to last long. If you have a relationship with that child, some of their pushback will actually start to soften and ease. 
But if you don't have that relationship, that resistance to you is going to get stronger as they get older. And then, unfortunately, you've heard this, and I've seen it all too, too often. They, hate, they turn 18, and they're out of here. They're done. They're over it. Thank you for your values. Thank you for your beliefs. But I don't believe in any of them. Um, so I am headed out, and I'm going to forge my own way in the world. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they face plant and they struggle and they have a harder time because that resistance to authority, that resistance to an iron, you know, just that firm grip, the utter, I will make my child do what I want them to do. or I will make my child obey. They can actually carry over some pretty, I used to say it's, it's what's, how much baggage do you want your kids to, to leave your home with? Some kids, unfortunately, can walk away with a truckload of baggage that they're going to be unpacking for the rest of their adult life. So let's, let's think about how we can minimize some of that baggage. I mean, we're not perfect, so there's going to be something. There's just always something we don't do that someone, one of our kids, I have five. You know, I'm always doing something that one of them isn't especially, you know, excited about. But they all know that I have tried. I have tried my level best to do and give them and speak to them in a way that they received. Did it always work? No. Why? Because I'm not perfect. I would study. I would learn. I would study, you know, love languages. And I would study the Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders and Strengths Quest. I write about all of this in the book. I, unfortunately, I couldn't go as deep as I wanted. I would create these uh, action plans. And every time... I would speak, I would try to consider the child that I was speaking to. Instead of a blanket, you know, obviously everybody cleaned the house now. That's a blanket statement. But if I really needed to have a heart-to-heart conversation or if I was really experiencing some resistance, I, I would pause and I'd think about the child that I'm speaking to and the words that I was about to use. And I would think... Are the words that I'm using going to be heard in a way I wanted them heard? That, hence my phrase, let the words that you speak fall into a tender place of your child's heart. Sometimes my word wouldn't. And you know what? Now that I have adult children, sometimes their words to me don't land in a tender place of my heart because they're working on those skills that I have acquired over a lifetime. So don't beat yourself up if you're not getting it all right. Also, don't get irritated with your teens if they don't get it right either. If you say something and they pop off, you know, they say some sarcastic or they just flat out say, no, I'm not going to do that. You can't make me. And you're like, oh, yes, I can. You're grounded for like a year. (laughs) You don't want that to happen either. So think about the quality of your relationship because that's going to determine the effectiveness of your strategies. See, your children will forgive so much if they have a relationship with you. And it's a relationship that they want to keep. They'll think, I don't want to lose you. But if you don't have that relationship right now the way that you want it to be, work on it. 
Make a decision right now and start writing down what it is that you do want. Build it slowly until you have a relationship that they do want to keep hold of. Then you'll have the ability to leverage the decisions and help your children navigate their world and process the world around them and process what's going on with them that you may or may not even know about. And it's okay when you're having these conversations to ask your kids, especially if they're 8 to 12 years old, if they agree or if they have anything they want to add. That's okay. You know, I, I have many times listened to kids. Uh, they were middle school and high school and then into college just talk about struggles they were having with their parents. And it, my heart would break because I would think so often, and that's part of what compelled me to write Parenting Beyond the Rules. Uh, it would compel me to just wish I could call their parents and say, hey, your kid wants to talk to you. They want to tell you what's going on. But they're afraid of your reaction. They're afraid you're going to get angry. They're afraid you're going to ground them. They're afraid of any number of things. I used to, I probably still have the notebooks because I would journal conversations I would have with certain children, stories they would share. I learned a lot from those kids. It actually helped influence my own parenting. My kids aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. Their dad isn't perfect. If we focused on it, we could be really irritated with one another. And there were times I was irritated with some of my kids. And there are times some of my kids, or maybe all my kids, and they just don't tell me. <laughs> but they can get really irritated with me or their dad. I can get irritated with my husband. My husband gets irritated with me. See, the nature of relationships require us to be intentional and work on them. But we really don't know what to work on if we don't know our children. I'm going to do another uh, parenting the strong-minded child, and I'm going to give. I'm, I'm going to come back, and that's going to be another episode. But I want you to remember the things that I have shared with you today. There are three key elements because remember, kids they don't ex- strong-minded children they don't expect to get away with bad behavior. Remember when I said that. And they know the world doesn't revolve around them, but they're willing to give it a try to see how much of the world will revolve around them, how much of your family will revolve around their temper tantrums or their dramatic outburst or their harsh criticisms. I get families write me frequently saying, my oldest child is doing this and he's really uh, picking on his younger siblings and making fun of them and and marginalizing them because he's entering this stage of being cool. What am I supposed to do about it? I'm like, well, you don't allow it. You don't allow tearing up and putting down and hurting with words older siblings to younger siblings because those have lasting ramifications. So the, the three points as we wrap this up, Strong-minded children don't have trouble with authority, 
but they don't want the bony finger in their face. That they don't want to be controlled. They want to have a sense of being able to have some element of control. Now, they do already know they have it. That's why they wiggle when you're trying to change their diaper. That's why they won't sit down when you tell them. That's why they'll push the line because they want to see, is that line in the sand, is that a firm line or is that a hard line? They want to know they do have some choices, not in every area because none of us do, frankly, but there are some areas they do have the ability to make some choices for their lives. And thirdly, you got to go for the relationship. If you don't have a relationship, you've got to work really hard to get that back. Create a relationship that they want to keep, not a relationship that they could care less if they ever maintained again. We don't want to turn the tassel and then that child say, see ya, I'm out of here. And you wonder why they don't call you, why they don't talk to you, and why when you call them, they have very little to say. Now, am I putting all the responsibility of that child's behavior on the parent? No, because remember what I said. A lot has to do with their maturity level and their spiritual walk with the Lord. I know many, many children grew up, they were raised in a Christian home, they went to church, they learned God's word, they had devotions, a great family, but their their child has chosen, I just, I don't believe any of it. But that child still is involved with that family. They still go over and visit their parents, they still do things with their siblings, their belief system about God are very different. But the relationship is strong. And as I write in Parenting Beyond the Rules, if you have a relationship, you have influence. You've got to remember that. If you don't have a relationship, it's not very likely that you will have much of an influence. Yes, you may be paying the bills and paying their insurance and giving them, you know, a car or food. But those are just external. What we're looking for is something deeper. We want to to raise our strong-minded children to step into, to have the ability to step into the leadership roles, even if it's just leading themselves with confidence. It may take a while. It may take years. But it is something worth pursuing, and it's something worth you considering. So I appreciate y'all joining me for this episode as we talk about parenting the strong-minded child. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to visiting and chatting with you again. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.